Did you know podcasts reach millions of people every month? Podcast advertising is a great way to reach new customers. In fact, you'll be speaking directly to them. Visit audiometric.io now to find out more. I do agree with Bruce that he should have pounded Dusty for that joke. <laughs> Bruce does not engage Lifter and he falls, like, does a belly flop on the freaking snow. Luckily it was snow, it could have been ice, I guess. about the chocolate that he could buy with them. It, it can't be any better than Hershey's. Come on. Mask-cast. Computer, scan files. Select mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason Gross, radio broadcaster, retro gamer, blogger, mask movie co-writer, vehicle code name 6000, 80s guru skills critical, Wyatt Blue, broadcast technician, DJ, Airman, Mask Movie Co-Writer, Vehicle Codename, Phoenix, 80s Analysis Vital. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Welcome, MassCast listeners, to MassCast 44 and another fun-filled podcast featuring an episode review of the Mask Animated Series. Tonight we continue the fourth season of MassCast, which covers episodes 31 through 40, with episode 32, Currency Conspiracy. You can expect our usual play-by-play commentary with audio clips from the episode, our personal ratings and reviews, and as always, your feedback via our agentsofmask.com website. We invite all listeners to interact with us prior to each podcast by participating in the MassCast assignment which is found in the right-hand column on our homepage. Listener feedback includes voting in our 1 to 5 scale poll and reviews left in the comment section. Thanks to all as we continue to celebrate Mask's 30th anniversary in 2015. Currency Conspiracy was originally broadcast on November 12, 1985 in the U.S. and features Mask taking a frigid trip to Switzerland to stop Venom and a Baron seeking revenge. The evil team's weapon is a virus which causes ink to disappear from paper money. I'm one of your hosts, Jason, and with me as always is my longtime friend and co-host, the Willie Tanner to my ALF. Wyatt, have you eaten any cats lately? Stop eating Lucky! You uh, you went through uh, several seasons of Alf uh, in the last year or so, haven't you? Recently, yeah. I uh, I loved that show growing up, but you know, the only episode that continued to rang out, completely forgot everything else, was the Hiccup episode, where he has that echoey oh, yes. reverb hiccup, and I still, to this day, in fact... I would do this at my lunch break. I'd watch it purposely only on my lunch break, and I'm sitting there eating, eating, eating. And then I come up to the hiccup episode, 
and I, everybody's looking at me because I have my headphones on and I'm sitting there just cracking up and everybody's looking over at me like, uh, what, uh, what, what are you watching there, Bloom? Um, so it was, it's hilarious. I still love watching it. Uh, I liked watching, I'd found some blooper reels. Mm-hmm. And one of them where Lucky is getting ready to turn around and possibly spray on Al. <laughs> and he's like, you, you're not going to pee on me, are you? And all of a sudden he turns around and you see you see the puppet just flatten. <laughs> it was a hilarious. I, I loved it. In fact, I watched it twice around. Uh, I loved it oh, so nice. much. And people were looking at me like, dude, do you watch anything else? <laughs> I've watched a few episodes... Uh, over the past year, I guess, with the boys, and they seem to enjoy it and find them funny. I don't know if it, they find them as funny as I did when I was that age, but my wife, not so much. <laughs> she she gives me the rolling the eyes moment when uh, <laughs> turn on out. But it was great. I loved it as a kid. I remember having the large plush doll that talked that had the talk box in it. You know, when you squeezed his belly. Oh, that's right. You did have that. And I had the the Burger King puppet mm-hmm. that they gave. And I do remember, in fact, I completely spaced it until I saw someone doing a, a Facebook, I think, post that had the yeah. the very paper-thin record. I remember. Yes, that. yes. Came with the puppet. I think there was like four different ones. I actually still have one of those. I think the only thing that survived from my ALF collection, that and a, a button. Uh, <laughs> oh, ALF, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember having the ALF video game on my Sega Master System, and that was awful. <laughs> I bet. Looking back on it now, it was just—it was so hard, and it was one of those where you have to go here and get this thing, and then you got to take this thing over to the cave, and you got to beat these bats with this salami, and then you got to go back and get this piece of the ship, and then you got—and it was just impossible to figure out until like you know. Nintendo Power and all those ma- <laughs> magazines came along to help you out. You right. Know? Uh, I remember the. Do uh, you remember the cartoon? You were watching the cartoon. Uh, I did not watch the cartoon growing up. Believe it or not. I, it was. Uh, I faced that one. I remember the most I remember about it is the theme, which had this like '50s rock and roll feel to it, and uh, I remember him being on Melt Mac and driving around and. It seemed like he was driving around in, like, old cars or something. I can't remember. But uh, I remember having some of the trading cards and the Bullia baseball cards, you know. And, uh, man, there was a lot of stuff. And then it was, uh, I think it was right after, I don't know if it was during his show or right after that when he had that talk show for a little bit. You remember that where it was like the Tonight Show kind of format and he had guests on? Uh, There was... Well, there was an episode during his his season that they did that, but uh, they did have another one. It didn't last, I think, only a season. Uh, yeah, but that was, was too far. That wasn't too long ago. Uh, I want to say within the last, I may be exceeding it, but I think it would not within the last ten years. That's when that's come out. It could have been, and he he did make a comeback there. Yeah. For a while. And, but the downside was, was I knew it was there and I wanted to watch it, but I got eaten up with. No, it, it would have to have been within the last three years because of uh, our son was born. So that's why I couldn't watch it because I am uh, trying to stay up and actually, you know, 
Yeah. <laughs> you know it well, very well. We'll have to check that down. Maybe there's some episodes on YouTube or something. But Anyway, well, let's send Alf back to Melmac, and uh, let's get our mask on. Get your mask on. I love it. All right, well, uh, we were planning to record last night. I'm glad we actually uh, didn't because we had some, I guess, breaking news, you would say, today. I got a link sent to me on the Facebook page from uh, toyark.com, which posted a report from the Nuremberg Toy Fair. And uh, apparently, whoever was doing the reporting there, they, they were at some kind of a, a panel, or I don't know if it was like a Hasbro panel or something, but they said that uh, it was confirmed by whoever at the Toy Fair that Mask will be back in 2015. Now, there was no other details made other than, you know, like it sounded like they came from asking some questions to this panel, but they didn't give any details as to what's exactly coming. So we can still speculate uh, (laughs) as we've been doing, but this is great. This is one more little tidbit of information that we can add to the hype for 2015. And I know uh, some uh, friends of ours were trying to... uh, get in at the uh, New York Toy Fair, which is coming up later in uh, February Mm -hmm. this month. So maybe we'll get some more announcements then. But uh, that was good news to hear this morning when I woke up. Yes, I saw that too. And then this past week I found several concept art drawings on eBay of all places. One of the uh, Mask Facebook groups actually put a picture up, and uh, I had to track it down from there. And I scrolled down through the group there, and there was uh, several more, and I think one of the people said it came from eBay. So I went over to eBay, and it was somebody basically selling photocopies of these things on eBay, which was kind of weird. But I actually pulled those images out and kind of cropped them out, so he probably got mad about that. <laughs> Put them up on the site this week right. in, a, in a blog post, and... Uh, it was fun to look at. I don't know if you had a chance to look at it, but it was all the mainly Series 2 vehicles, but many of them were named different, and some like the Outlaw Tanker was a totally different concept mm-hmm. you know, from what an actual toy turned out to be. So uh, it was neat looking at those and just comparing to the actual toy, and then they had the, the Mask Force, which is what Mask was called before it, Actually, you know, the the cartoon actually came out. So it was interesting that these might have been done before, you know, even the first episodes of Mask. And they fortuitously were thinking about adding vehicles on during the season. So that's pretty cool that they did that all ahead of time. Yeah, I was really impressed with the eBay drawings. and, And I only saw a few things throughout this week. I've been really busy, but. All I can really comment on is I, I was really excited to see those. Yeah. And then uh, also since our last podcast, uh, I put together another little article on Brennan Thick, who was the voice actor for Scott Tracker, and seven things you might not know about him, which uh, I thought was interesting. I actually stumbled onto a Yahoo article from, uh, it was a couple years ago, about him when his brother who was uh, Robin Thicke, the R&B artist, once his uh, song got really, really popular, they 
posted this article about Brennan, and uh, I dug a little bit deeper on it, but he was actually nominated for a Young Artist Award for his performance of Scott Tracker. Right, I saw that, and I was impressed about that. And then the very next year, he was nominated again for voicing uh, Dennis the Menace in that Deke series that was put out. I think that one lasted 65 episodes um, in 80... Let's say that was 80, 88, I think it was. 87 or 88, yeah. Yeah. And then the very next year, his brother Robin was a guest star on, oh, I think it was Growing Pains, and he was nominated for that little guest appearance. So, pretty talented family. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Voice acting and actual, you know, live action acting, uh, they made a run at those uh, Young Artist Awards there for three years in a row, but... Anyway, I just invite everybody to go check out that article. And actually, one more thing before we start. wanted to pass along that matttracker.com's online form was officially moved this past week. Bill announced that he's shutting down the form on the website and has instead put up a Facebook group. So if you can go to matttracker.com's Facebook page, you can find the link there and join the group. And uh, you can do all your forum uh, discussion and all that right on Facebook now. So he's always uh, tweaking here and there and trying to improve the website, which we typically do. And anybody who uh, <laughs> runs a website kind of behind the scenes knows you're always trying to find little improvements to you know to make your site better. And uh, I guess he thought it was time to go ahead and move that form, which is fine. And there's plenty of uh, masked Facebook groups out there now, so. It's a, it's an easy place to interact with, with other fans and post up stuff you want to trade or you're looking for, and it's good stuff there. And then uh, before we start, Wyatt, I wanted to maybe do a little change-up with our review tonight. We uh, incorporated our little halftime assessment a couple podcasts ago, and I'd like to continue that and talk about the first half, but when we reach the end of the episode, I'd like to try to talk about mainly the second half and then on to our final rating so we can, so we're not necessarily uh, copying or uh, uh, restating everything. So we're not necessarily restating uh, what we've previously said at halftime and we can kind of keep the, uh, keep the review flowing, so to speak. What do you think about that? Sounds like a plan and it sounds like we're ready to start the Moscast. So we pan in to a snow-laden mountain range. We're still in the mountains. What is this about <laughs> mountains lately? I don't know. It's like it's like four episodes in a row, right? Yeah, someone is wanting to go on a serious vacation, or that's where they came from, and thus this is why we're actually having some good episodes lately. Anyway, back to the mask at hand. Inside, Matt comments to Scott about his purchases in France and Germany. He curiously asks Scott what he plans to buy in Switzerland as he is handed a wad of money. I love rich dads. I wish I had one. Uh, (laughs) Walking over to the currency exchange, he replies that there's only one thing I want to buy here, Swiss chocolate. Matt then says the T-Bob looks pretty good as the giddy robot displays his new gentleman's hat. I didn't actually catch the the outfit until later, so all I saw Mm -hmm. was his hat. Uh, with a complete with a white feather, of course. Yes. 
Scott states that he'd rather eat chocolate than be in shape. I'm going to spend all my money on chocolate. You won't be buying anything until you trade your Deutschmarks for Swiss francs. I actually liked a little bit of the detail here where they're winking back and forth to one another. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. Uh, just then, the exchange rep starts to comment about his money. We look on to see that the money quickly fades to a white piece of paper. Your money What is this? The ink has disappeared. My Deutschmarks. The Deutschmarks are no good. Within the same business, we now glance around the room as other shoppers are making the same discovery. Matt is dumbfounded, yet comments that someone is cashing in on the scheme. And uh, I'll interject right here. I saw this. I don't know why I did, but I saw this coming like like an omen or a vision. But uh, I'm like, as the series went on, I'm like, how many cashing or money jokes are we going to have? This is worse than T-Bob telling the joke. But, uh, yeah, it, I was bracing for impact on that's what that exactly <laughs> on was. that as well. And it turned out to be all the money and then all the cold jokes too. They started up at the end of the episode. Yeah, well. it was, it, it did seem like a pun overkill. And then, <laughs> and, you know, there's usually a, uh, a healthy supply in a, in a mask episode. Sometimes they're more noticeable than others, you know, right. where they're almost intentionally trying to stop the episode so you can deliver this joke. But, uh, I didn't, what I didn't like about this beginning was when the ink disappeared on the money and they had that cheesy, like soap opera sound effect. <laughs> I didn't notice <laughs> like, that. You know, <laughs> There was this like disappearing effect too with the money, and I mean it's I, it wasn't really a markdown for me, but I just didn't like that. And they did it again, I think later in the episode that same sound effect, but it was just kind of cheesy to me. But anyway, so leaving the bank, we find the trio at an outdoor park where T Bob is ice skating. Matt and Scott are on a nearby bench with Matt linking to the mass computer via his laptop. Request link with mass computer. Give me a complete scan of this currency to determine if it's counterfeit. And then he determines it's real, I guess by the video display on the computer because there was no audio. You know, usually we have some audio, uh, Sharon Noble doing the mass computer voice and then saying the analysis back to Matt and... It didn't really have that in this episode. Right. I was I was missing that. I was uh, a little concerned what happened to uh, Sharon Noble there. Yeah, right. But Matt, um, he wonders who would benefit from this disappearing act, I believe he calls it, and asks the computer to track down any leads essential to this situation. Ouch! Oh, oh, oh! Get off me! I'm not lunch! T-Bob! Well, about that time, T-Bob begins to yelp as this goat <laughs> has bit him on the leg, <laughs> specifically on the knee, and T-Bob is dragging it across the ice. Scott yells for him as T-Bob is approaching this low clearance, like, walking bridge that goes across the ice. And we see stars shine <laughs> as T-Bob crashes into it, and Scott runs up on the ice, and he slides in his tennis shoes, which was a nice little detail there. Yeah, I, I like that. that. T-Bob! There goes my Olympic skating career! That was a smack-on-head moment. 
not a roll your eyes. That was a smack <laughs> on head moment. Yeah, that was a little. Uh, where are you going to get a goat in the middle of winter? To and I didn't know they were that vicious. You know. <laughs> well, they they do say they will eat anything, and I did have goats, and that's quite true. They'll eat whatever you shove in front of them. True. True. Well, about that time, uh, a man shows up on the laptop screen. I think I found someone who might have some stock in this mystery. Baron Fritz von Hauser, ex-minister of finance for West Germany, lives right here in Geneva. Wow! He exchanged 25 million in Deutschmarks for gold. He cashed in his chips right before the Great Disappearing Act. Scott asked Matt if he thinks he knew about it. Matt says it's possible, but if the currency is vanishing in other cities, it just could threaten the whole country. So then we get the uh, mass call-up with uh, mainly no instruction, really. It's just the agent's best suited for the mission. Right. I didn't – after getting used to you know, specifics, I'm like, why did they go back to like retro? Yeah. I didn't knock it down for that, but it's always a nice touch to me when they explain a little bit more. Exactly. Just like you, that's what I had done. I just – I didn't ding it. But come on, you, you were on a roll. Why, why'd you screw up? So we get Bruce Sato with Rhino, Buddy Hawks with Night Stalker, which was odd, and Dusty with Gator. There were no call-up scenes, so no goofy leaving a classroom or whatever. Right. Uh, it was interesting that they used Night Stalker, but I guess there was times you know, when there was Firecracker that they just used Buddy with uh, with Firecracker. True. It seems to be that's the interchangeable vehicle. But you also remember that Gloria, a lot of times, rode with Gator. This is true. So yes. it's one of those, I guess they don't necessarily have assigned vehicles, or I guess that's how they roll. <laughs> yeah. So we descend on uh, Boulder Hill, which was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked how they, they handled this scene, and they... Matt discussed and briefed them on what was going on in the uh, in the situation room. There. Yeah, in the situation room. That's what I was trying to think of. And uh, there was, of course, some puns there with uh, Buddy saying uh, about cold cash disappearing. And Matt requested all three vehicles get yeah. prepped with cold weather gear, which I liked this. He, he specifically said, hey, prep it for cold weather action. We're way ahead of you, Matt. We'll leave right away. Well, Bruce... You got a yen to get to the bottom of this? I should pound you for that one, Dusty. I don't I don't know. I mean, it wasn't too bad, but it's getting there. <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll go into it a little bit later, but uh it just seemed like an odd time for joking, but I do agree with Bruce that he should have pounded Dusty for that <laughs> joke. <laughs> uh, and then he could have pounded Buddy for the next joke, which was, they better go if they're going to make any sense out of this. Right. You know. <sighs> so we get the uh, elevated platform goes into the mask room. Once again, some new sound effects, but this wasn't too bad. It, I mean, it wasn't like funky whatever, but it, you know, it's not the norm. Yeah, they had a couple other shots too. There was, uh, they were like looking overhead uh, when the mask came down too, and. Um, I did notice that they they put all the masks up there and even Spectrum, even though yeah. Matt had Ultra Flash this time and rode in Rhino. Right, I noticed that, and that's what I was a little, one of my 
ticks. I didn't totally mark it down, but I was a tick there. They spent a lot of detail on the episode, but you know, you couldn't have put only three masks on the rack or something. Yeah. But uh, so we're back in Switzerland with the vehicles all huddled around, with Matt giving them more of a brief. Now you two stay here in town. Keep out of trouble, okay? No problem, Dad. Don't worry about us. T-Bob and I'll sit this one out. Right, T-Bob? Uh, uh, of course. Uh, you know I hate missions. He's really convincing this time because I thought he was up to something. Yes, I did too. But <laughs> Just the way he was saying it. Right, you think he was going to hitch a ride or whatever, but here he wants to go buy the chocolate. He could care less about the mission now. <laughs> it's chocolate. Yep. So, um, anyway, so Matt gives everybody a thumbs up, and of course everybody replies with a thumbs up, and they head on out. Yes, with Scott and T-Bob waving, and Scott says they did it and got rid of them, and now they can go get all the chocolate they want. Right. <laughs> Anyway, the next scene, we descend on a house in the snowy woods. Switchblade and Jackhammer are parked outside, so we know Venom's on the scene. Mm -hmm. We hear the Venom theme, and uh, we have... It's odd, because initially, they had the other, like, mask, joyful kind of beat going on, Mm -hmm. and it was like they had to follow it through until they stopped the camera at that big mansion or whatever it was, and then they... It's like a light switch. They flipped it right to the Venom theme, which I actually liked. That was a good slight teaser before you saw, oh, it's Venom. I'm pleased, Mayhem. We destroyed the Incon every Deutschmark in Geneva yesterday. Your little plan for revenge is very clever, Baron. Yes, West Germany will pay for what they did to me. By six o'clock tonight, there will be no money at all left in my homeland. None. So we get a little bit more of the plot here. Outside at another building, Dagger's carrying these two long tanks or canisters that yeah. are like, you know, like filled with uh, what you would fill with helium. Right, I actually thought it was welding kits, to be honest. Yeah, that same kind of tank or canister. Um, As Vanessa, she's right behind him, and she's wheeling two more on a cart. Well, Danger complains, How come you get the cart? I've got more between my ears than brawn, muscle brain. Keep moving. The mask of vehicles approach as Rex, he's looking on. He drives Piranha through the snow. There was one minor mistake I noticed there where the wheels weren't moving in one of the shots with Piranha. Really? I didn't catch but, that one. Yeah, it was just, it was like the last episode, that one time when I thought that uh, Thunderhawk was slamming on the brakes, and you thought that was a mistake. Right. Well, this time, Piranha was moving forward. and I didn't catch it. <laughs> stationary. But anyway, he gets up and he fires at Mask. This unexpected shot causes Gator and Night Stalker to take these evasive maneuvers in the roadway. Mayhem, we've got uninvited company. I'm rolling out the welcome mat. Rex, then, he continues to fire at the vehicles. There's this awesome, long-sweeping shot inside Rhino from Bruce's side over to Matt. And then Matt identifies Venom and instructs defense mode. And the mask lowers on his head, and then we get this awesome split-screen shot 
of the masks lowering on the other agents. Right, that was awesome. And uh, then there's a really nice conversion shot of Night Stalker and then Rhino. And I thought that was a really great sequence from that whole time that we get that really good sweeping shot across the passengers there mm-hmm. in Rhino up through the the conversion shots. I was like, man, that was that was, that was some great animation right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did great there. So we're now back at Baron's house. Dagger is installing the tanks from the previous scene onto Switchblade. Vanessa hears an explosion from the oncoming battle, and and she tells Dagger to hurry up so that they can get the jackhammer. Yes, there, the we're jackhammer. back to the thes. <laughs> uh, jackhammer heads towards the scene. After more shots from Rax, Matt tells Bruce he's got a cool Venom off. Barreling toward Jackhammer in a game of chicken, the two vehicles swerve into the snowbanks with rhinos basically getting snow splashed all over Jackhammer. Gator and Nice Talker soar overhead from a snowbank and onto the roadway. What I liked about here is when they swerve, you see Rhino now like plowing right through the snow like it's nothing. Yeah. It would have been fun to have the the grill extended there. I think I remember. I thought it was. I I can't remember if it was or not, but I was thinking it wasn't engaged or whatever, but that would have been cool to as an extra kind of snow plow, you know, right. having that grill. Uh, that would be good. But I really thought this was going to be a, a great shot maybe with Venom almost pinning Mask in the middle. You get Piranha from behind, you get Jackhammer from the front, but it just kind of disappointed me. <laughs> it yeah. disappointed me because it was uh, pretty easy for them to get Jackhammer out of the way and just dump some snow on him. Right. Back at the hotel, Scott is bandaging T-Bob's knee from the uh, so-called goat accident. <laughs> uh, T-Bob tries to walk and falls over. If you if you look at the animation, it looks more like a, me being a car guy. It looks like more of a CV boot or some kind of axle cover that he puts on T-Bob's knee. Mm-hmm. Uh, T-Bob suggests that Matt could buy him a new one if he wasn't out saving the world. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, even Buddy, you know, we off and on see him kind of fixing him up. Well, Buddy's out saving the world, too. So Yeah. So, uh, Scott, he's left to clean him up. <laughs> that's right. And uh, Scott says that he, that they are probably just chatting with the old Baron, and, and, that, and he takes a little bite out of his chocolate bar. Him and his chocolate. Yeah. We then swing right back to the Baron's house. Mayhem and the Baron walk out as Mayhem is surprised to see Mask. I guess he missed the memo that (laughs) Rax just radioed to him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently none of the agents were listening to the message. Baron, quick, you must leave. I'm going. We'll meet at the scheduled location. Rhino bust down the entrance gate. That was completely awesome. Yes. I love that scene. I even put a still of that up on the Facebook page this week. Yeah, I saw. That was a great, uh, great moment. Right, and uh, and that's as Mayhem flies off in Switchblade. Rhino pulls a 180 as Matt says, they're getting away. Well, of course they're getting away. Got to have some action here. Uh, with Rhino following Switchblade, Bruce kind of pulls a Dukes of Hazard moment here. He <laughs> climbs out of the window. That's the Dukes of Hazard moment. And climbs up onto this 
truck that's going through probably negative degree weather with a whatever windshield decides to lasso the skid off a switchblade and climbs up. Now, I noted this. This is one of my big ticks. The dude has lifter. What the heck is wrong with lifter? So anyway, he lift himself exactly. Maybe that's the problem it has is it can't you know lift itself. But anyway, so he climbs up to the landing skid. Mayhem notices that he's there. Time for a little crack the whip. Jackhammer comes on the scene towards Rhino and converts with dagger in the turret he laughs and says there's nothing like a sitting duck and he points the turret towards bruce well obviously something else is kind of in the shot range there <laughs> so bam tells dagger not to fire at him but he does anyway because he's well dagger and right he ends up losing a tank bruce comes plumbing down i thought this would actually be the the commercial break to be honest i, I did as well and Again, big. This is my one of my big markups. Bruce does not engage Lifter, and he falls like does a belly flop on the freaking snow. Luckily, it was snow. It could have been ice, I guess. <laughs> this whole sequence was, I don't know, just didn't sit well with me. And even after he gets uh, up from the snow, he tries to do one of his you know famous sayings, and it's almost like really rushed because he starts saying it before he even stands up to get out of the way of the tank. That's what um, I, that's what I didn't get. He he could have had lifter and me he may or may not have seen that tank, but he could have landed kind of gently uh, maybe a distance away yeah. from the crash scene, I don't know. Really, I don't know how lifter would have helped them cuz lifter just lifts other objects. I don't see how it could have you know, broken his fall or anything, and, you know, he really needed Spectrum there to do a Spectrum hand glider. Yeah, really, or... or <laughs> anyway, I would have pulled this Batman move off this rope, you know, I don't know. It's I've just never seen... It was surprising to me to see Bruce try something like this, because we've never seen him be this athletic before. No, you know. but, you know, hey, Matt was in the controls of Rhino. His, he's usually the driver, so... True, true. Well, we see this uh, long, open, like, tunnel or trench uh, in the snow. Rax, give Mask a good bobsled ride. One trip on the bobsled express coming up. Well, Rax fires a gator from behind now, sending a gator into this, you know, track. Matt tells them to let Venom go, and they need to get over there and save Dusty. Yeah, exactly. Um, Dusty, he continues down this path like you know Luke Skywalker flying the X-wing in the Death Star trench. Uh, there's no way apparently to use his brakes or stop him, um, and he's headed towards what I guess was a solid block of ice. That's what and it came out to be. But when I saw it, I thought that was a big, huge chunk of steel or something. I, I couldn't tell what it was or how it got there and why Rax is standing by it after he just fired from behind. But anyway, then we, that's where we get the commercial break, where we fade in the commercial. So that left me kind of puzzled exactly what was that thing that was you know in his way and how did Rax get down there so quickly right. as we went into halftime. So what um what 
kind of impressions did you have so far with the episode? I loved the animation, and I loved the detail, the winks, uh, even the thumbs up. I I really enjoyed. Uh, so far, I'm 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 buying the plot. It's more realistic than a lot of the more of the sci-fi stuff that they try to give us mm-hmm. um, with the disappearing ink. I could care less what Scott's doing with his chocolate, but I'm really impressed with everything on this episode except for Bruce and his yeehaw moment. And uh, I would also say, you know, we I was very impressed like you with the panning shot from Bruce to Matt inside Rhino, but I there was a tick there because it was choppy. To me, it was choppy. It did, 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 it just. Instead of yeah, actually a smooth look. It was kind of a slower moment in the way that they had to pan around there to, to Matt. But I don't know. I got caught up in it. Um, there was some other drawings during the episode I was somewhat unimpressed with. And a couple times it looked like when uh, Jack Hammer came on scene to fire Bruce that his guns were basically straight up in the air, like he was underneath it or something. Right. And I was like, "What? wait, where is he? So there were some, I guess, good and bad moments there with the with the animation and drawing in the first half. Yeah, I was... I, well, what was your... What, where, where's your masco meter at this point, as far as the rating goes? Uh, I'm right at a... I'm probably right at a solid 4.5. Again, I know I'm trying to stay away from that, but I'm right. It's coming down because, like I said, it was a tick with that choppy animation, but I'll keep it as a tick. What has me hurt is that lasso not using lifter thing. Yeah, that was out of nowhere, and it was creative. I'll give it that, but what was he supposed to do when he got up there, you know? Knock Uh, on the window. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I mean, you're better off just <laughs> you're better off just shooting a homing device like they've done the last couple episodes, you know, and, right. and following him that way instead of trying to hang on for dear life on a skid of a helicopter that's hundreds of feet in the air. What I did like, <laughs> I'm just now remembering, is what I did like is how integral Scott seemed to be with Matt when they're trying to figure out the money when they're sitting on that little bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like he was actually a true. Colleague, yeah. not not you know annoying son. Hey, you're gonna sit it out. Don't even worry about it. It's right, just, right. Oh wow. Well, and I, this is this is what was weird about this episode too is the last several episodes Scott and T Bob have been involved pretty much the whole way through and in some way have helped them complete the mission. You know, towards the end. And in this one, it was like they were ready to do that same thing, and then all of a sudden, it was more about chocolate than everything else you know <laughs> so it i don't know it was weird to me this episode that they kind of took a back seat mainly and were there you know, basically just getting in the way right you know and those ones i usually mark down more than i do some of the other ones that actually where there's a good use of them and they're involved with the plot but one thing i really didn't like about this was you know backing up to the strategy room there and all the joking I, I prefer them having a a serious angle in there I don't mind a couple jokes but 
I don't know. All the ones in this episode made it sound like they weren't even paying attention to Matt. You know, when he was up on the big screen, it's like they're all over there joking, making stupid puns, and I'm ready for Matt to say, "All right, all right, let's get back on track here, guys." You know, right? <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed, uh, I, it just bothered me there. But in the plot, it like you, it seemed to be okay at this point. Um, There's still the mystery of how the ink disappeared, and that was yet to be explained. And there was some great action sequences and battles, which typically in the first half we don't have. We haven't really seen too much lately at all, but it's mostly in the second half. So we get that one battle in the end, and you know the mystery solving is all at the beginning. So I was hoping there'd be another battle at the end, as they're you know figuring this whole thing out um, to to really make this an action-packed episode. Another ticket I had was uh, no mask use at all so far. So I don't I don't know what it is. It just seems like there's some situations where they're using weapons on their vehicles where maybe they can use a mask here or there, you know what I mean? Right. Just leading up to this point from watching the last 31 episodes, you know, that they had some stuff in there. It just seemed like more mask use than we're doing now. But I'm down around the four to three and a half range at this point. Really? Yeah, I was... I don't know. I was hoping the second half would be a little stronger and then would bring it back up a little bit, but I did bring it down quite a bit more than I guess I normally do at the halfway point. Just some of the things that just got me out of the episode, you know, that whole confusing thing there at the break and Bruce's Batman trick. I don't know. <laughs> just didn't seem like mask to me. <laughs> anyway. Out of the break. Uh, Gator is nearing what Seems to be, like we discussed, either a wall of ice or a block of steel, something we don't know. <laughs> Dusty says, Where's the cavalry? This ice is too thick from a backlash mask. Buddy, time to wrestle down a gator. You bet, Matt. He gets out of the vehicle, which, this was odd. I didn't like, I guess, how this happened. <laughs> but he gets out of the gator and gets, like, alongside the cliff of this trench and basically just waits for Buddy to start getting close enough, and he he just jumps off and lands on Gator very nicely on its hood. He's pointing forward with it, and he activates the Penetrator Mask, and they kind of just go through. And what surprised me about when they penetrate through, he's driving. The trench is still there. They just have this big chunk of ice in the way. They kind of pull... A little bit of a jump. Not a great deal of one, but you see that it's mm-hmm. caught air somehow. So I yeah. guess Penetrator uh, does some kind of lifting function, too. <laughs> it just looked nice when they were going in slow motion. That it was on a nice little arc there. Yeah, they, they should have had the little uh, $6 million man sound effect. <laughs> I thought you would have liked that trick because, I mean, that was... Totally Michael Knight right there. You think? I didn't say it as Michael Knight. And jumping onto another vehicle. I mean, come on, man. That was that was, that was Michael <laughs> Knight to the T. <laughs> I guess I didn't see it. So a few minutes later, inside Rhino, we see they're actually in the, the command center now. They're analyzing what's within this canister. Would you look at that? This canister contains a suspension of hydrogen oxide and some kind of virus. Don't tell me. Venom's responsible for the spread of the common cold. Hardly. According to this, the virus doesn't attack people. 
but it might be deadly to currency. Would you look at that? This canister contains a suspension of hydrogen oxide and some kind of virus. Don't tell me. Venom's responsible for the spread of the common cold. Hardly. According to this, the virus doesn't attack people. But it might be deadly to currency. He asks Bruce for a Deutschmark and uh, sprays it. And it automatically just dissolves the ink. And, of course, Bruce has to quip about it. Uh, you know, money come, money go, something to that effect. <laughs> right. And then Matt says that they need to go back to the mansion and figure out what Venom's plan was. Venom is always about money. You get the plan's already there. You know that. <laughs> so we then go right back to Scott and T-Bob skiing on the mountain. Are you okay with that leg? Yeah, I'm fine. They don't call me Ski-Bob for nothing. They go down this hill and Scott warns T-Bob about this big oncoming tree. And in fact, I thought he was going to just face plant it. But instead, T-Bob skillfully slips his bad knee and leg out of the one boot. It does this nice little convenient, I guess, wraparound. He goes to the left. The one little lone right. ski comes to the right. And it just coincidentally mates right back up. T-Bob puts his leg or his foot right back in the boot. And everything's all hunky-dory. <laughs> that was one scene that they could have probably just cut. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> so, after Scott compliments him about his skill, they both run directly into two snowmen, which was kind of funny. Uh, then they actually like keep going, and they go over this cliff and into a trailer, which happens to be pulled by Jackhammer. Look out below! The luck. The luck that they have. You know he's going to get scolded for being in the way. <laughs> right, right. Well, then we go back to the Baron's mansion, and Mask is inside. Matt's sitting behind a desk wondering why they needed a replica of the Alps that was uh, sitting out there. And it was exact. And, that was what yeah, was right, funny about right. it. An exact replica. Buddy and Dusty enter with uh, blueprints for airplane engines, he says. And then Bruce enters with uh, hoses and tanks, saying Venom is one fire department who never volunteers. Ha ha. Ha ha. Matt finally puts the plan together. You can bet your last Deutschmark Von Hauser hired Venom to launder that money. Laundered it? Why, they washed it clean away. But what in tarnation for? Destroying every last Deutschmark is a spectacular revenge for a former finance minister who was caught embezzling the public's money. It all makes sense. I guess shouldn't have uh, scanned over that before, that little bit of information. <laughs> Would have put the plan together earlier. Um, the agents concur, and the hoses and equipment are for blowing the virus into Germany from one of the mountain passes. That was... Uh, clever how they put all that together. Oh, yeah. Um, inside a, a mountain cave, we see Mayhem bossing Dagger around as he prepares to test this large machine. Move here! Move there! What does he think I am? An interior decorator? All right, Baron. We're ready for a test. Fire it up! need to do is to turn this valve and the destruction of Germany will be complete. 
We won't release the virus until you give the word, Baron. Now, we have some banking to take care of. The Baron hands over a briefcase to Mayhem, and Mayhem says that Rax will deliver the last of the equipment shortly. Along the road, we see Rax driving Jackhammer, which was odd. Um, and then Scott from the trailer wants him to slow down so he can get his attention. Uh, he didn't realize it was Jackhammer? I mean... <laughs> That's the thing I don't get. He knows what Jackhammer looks like. He always announces, Venom. And yeah. it's and like, dude... It. It's he, because it has a trailer. Uh, I, I guess. Anyway, he crawls up onto the roof of Jackhammer, and he looks down from the side one of the windows and sees Rax is driving. He then quickly crawls back and tells T-Bob to activate his radio so he can warn Matt. Jackhammer arrives at the cave, and Scott and T-Bob exit the trailer slowly. Well, as they climb off, T-Bob falls and makes this loud noise. Rax, who's out here? Probably just your head rattling. That was funny. That was a little payback for all those ones that, uh... All the bad cookies <laughs> jokes. Him. Yeah, yeah, all the, from the other episode. Well, by this time, the Nessus mask approaching. Yeah, and, and uh, they call out for battle stations. We get uh, another sweeping shot of the mass vehicles as Matt calls for defense mode and ultra flash lowers. We see the same split screen shot with the other agents getting their masks on. Uh, Jackhammer and Piranha approach firing lasers while Rhino dodges all this laser blast. Back at the cave, the Baron yells, You won't stop me, mask! Nothing can stop me now! Double-crossing, no good thief! I wonder what Mayhem's gotten there. So as he turns to run away, Mayhem trips him, and he drops this briefcase. Mayhem then runs towards Switchblade as the Baron calls him a double-crosser. Scott and T-Bob look on, wondering what's in the briefcase. Well, of course they would. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's chocolate. <laughs> That's still... I mean, I didn't take it, you know, mark it down, but... That just baffles me. His his <laughs> his love for chocolate. Yeah, that's the right word Swiss for it. chocolate. Yeah, must be pretty dang good. Uh, Gator closes in on Jackhammer and shoots the roof gun, which engulfs the vehicle, and then captures Dagger and Vanessa, kind of like a Ghostbusters proton. Beaten <laughs> exactly. Thing. I didn't like this trick. I mean, it was just weird, and I've never seen that particular gun do this before. I mean, we've seen uh, Vanessa's whip mask, like, grab people, right. <laughs> you know, and almost uh, tie them up, you know, with the whip beam. But I've never seen this from uh, from Gator before. And the way that they dropped them on the hood. That was actually fun. <laughs> launched them up in the air, and then he just, like, plumped them on the hood to knock them out, I guess. Yeah, that was actually funny. So Piranha... Continues to fire at Night Stalker with Rax saying a punctured radiator should slow him down. He shoots his lasers again with Night Stalker converting and the laser fire uh, going through the vehicle's chassis. Now, the, when he converts, I think it, if I remember right, it's the headlight cannons that actually shoot back. Yeah, he spins it around and he, he starts shooting those uh, the headlight lasers back at Piranha, which sends it like flying off its path. Right. Lousy shot, Rax. This is how it's done. 
Back at the cave, the Baron turns a valve on the machine and smoke basically exits the cave and gets into the to the sky from the entrance. Uh, Rhino pulls up and sees the virus being released. He's releasing the virus! Bruce, it's time to rain on this parade. One stormy weather coming right up. Scott looks on, eating his stupid chocolate bar, and says, Watching Dad's battles is better than going to a movie. Chomp, chomp. <laughs> Jeez. Where's your popcorn and soda, dude? Yeah, no kidding. Back to Rax, who is doing a wheelie in Piranha. <laughs> he says it's time to split as he appears to be scared by this thunder clasp and flips the bike in midair. It's been a long time since we've seen him you know, eat it. <laughs> yeah, we were due for one. Yeah. Time to split this party. Ah! The rain picks up as Switchblade flies overhead. He radios to his crew to get out. That they actually have the money. Matt then uses Ultra Flash to blind and kind of shock Switchblade, which then crashes to the ground, which was actually awesome. Mm-hmm. Mayhem gets out, still stunned by the Flash, and Scott runs up and grabs that briefcase. Yes, he finally gets to look inside, and what we find are gold bars. And he dreams about the chocolate that he could buy with them. It, it can't be any better than Hershey's. Come on. <laughs> this is true. We come from uh, from that area of the country. Hershey's we know what best. Hershey's is the best. Yes. Bring that money back! Stop! <laughs> come on, Mayhem! This party's getting too hot for us! I didn't understand this either. You know, what did Backlash do? You know, they just knocked them out, I guess, yeah, and that's about stopped it. the engine on Jackhammer. <laughs> They're back already. Mayhem climbs in, and Jackhammer drives off, squealing its tires in the snow. How does that happen? I've yet to figure that one out, unless <laughs> there's an asphalt street underneath. But right, and, then, and you know, he can get down to it. But I don't think the where they were, there was any asphalt. No. So the squealing tires was a little <laughs> a little much for me. Yeah. Matt explains that the storm cloud worked and that it's actually snowing virus particles. We stopped it from getting into Germany. One frosty baron ready for cold storage. Should we go after Venom? No, we've got the mastermind behind this operation. Come on. And what did they do with Switchblade? I mean, they actually have intel, you know, they could grab it, you know. <laughs> Well, that's happened a couple times before where he's abandoned a broken down switchblade and got in Manta or Jackhammer and took off. Right. But anyway, uh, I guess satisfied by getting the Baron and waiting to get Mayhem another day, um, we head back to the hotel. There's a nice shot right here I really enjoyed um, looking through the fireplace yeah, there at the shot. hotel. Scott asked to stay uh, a little bit longer. Bruce says, Young man in hot water longs for the snow. What's that mean? Means you forgot one tiny detail during your vacation, Scott. Like leaving the town without permission. Uh, you know, T-Bob, now that you're all fixed up, let's go sledding. Now. Ooh, we'll give your dad a chance to cool off. Yeah! 
that that was like, why even discuss? If you're going to run, just run, dude. <laughs> <laughs> right. But better get out of Dodge. <laughs> right. Um, well, Bruce says the the city boy in the mountains is in for a cold reception. And Matt says he catches his drift, and I'm rolling my eyes. Here we go with all these puns. Right. And then the last shot is of Scott and T-Bob mangled in skis after what appears to be a crash as we paint up the Alps and we fade to black. I didn't really understand that part. I guess, I, I don't know, why were they crashed? Why? <laughs> there was just something know. there. Uh, the, the one nice part was how they faded out. I liked the actual fade to black there. That was a nice uh, effect that they used. Yeah. Yeah, going up the mountains. And then we're on to our PSA. Right, we're back to that skating pond, which was actually nice to actually see something connect with the episode finally. Yep. Uh, Scott is lacing up his skates as T-Bob is out tooling around. T-Bob, how is your knee feeling now? Oh, I'm as good as new. I'm ready for skating. But are you ready for emergencies? Like what? Help! Oh, Russ! Scott laying flat on his stomach. Uh, tells him to grab his scarf as T-Bob is grateful he knows what to do and that he'll check the ice next time to avoid a cold swim. Which is kind of funny because I think if I remember right, he also shouted when he's out in the ice, uh, he says, help, I'm going to rust. <laughs> right. Okay, yeah. you're going to rust there. You weren't going to rust a couple episodes ago in salt water. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> oh, my. So... What do you think? What's what? Uh, what's your impression? Well, I you know the the good parts of the second half. The PSA was finally good, and it was a good tie into the story. I mean, even asking him about his knee. I mean, they basically was a continuation of the story, uh, though it was a little too convenient, I guess. But um, they're still coming up with creative shots. You know, like that one through the fireplace. They're there's another one I think I remember. Can't remember where, but there was the they're they're doing the thing where it's out of focus and then they focus in. Oh yes, you know, yes. That they've done a couple times. I can't remember exactly where it was, but they did one in this. I think in the second half somewhere that it really stuck out to me. Um, I I liked the way that Buddy saved Gator. I thought that was fun. You know, like I said, that was a Michael Knight moment. Even though we didn't know <laughs> all the details of right that block of ice and stuff, but. I thought the best drama in the whole episode to me was when Scott had that briefcase of gold and Mayhem threatens that he better give it back. And I just thought for a minute we might see some viper fire or something there. but Nothing. Yeah, Matt and Mask kind of intervened too quickly and Mayhem gave up. But, you know, I, I would have just charged the kid because there's nobody over there. Exactly. <laughs> and he's got this viper mask. Give me my gold back, you punk. That uh, that didn't didn't really come through. You know, the whole drama build up with that Gator at the break it just wasn't well executed. With how the ice wall got there and the, how you know Rax got ahead, didn't like that. Um, didn't like the backlash Ghostbusters beam. You know, that was just I don't know. There's so many other things I think you can do that we've established there to disable Jackhammer or something, but. The two things that bugged me, it's, it just wasn't usual for that mask, and it appeared to do nothing but knock them out for a few minutes, you know. I don't know. It was just, it didn't sit well with me. And then, all the freaking puns. 
Gosh, I, I probably took a whole point off this episode just for the, the amount of <laughs> puns on the money and cold. Yeah, I mean, it's just I can stand a few, but when it's overcooked like that for the whole episode, it's uh, just wears on me. <laughs> uh, a couple ticks, and maybe you noticed this one. You know, it appeared that the mask vehicles and the Venom vehicles had like snow tires on. Okay, so you got these yep. spiked tires, even Gator now. And he couldn't stop, you know, in that bobsled trench. That's what I didn't get. The only thing that I I I gave it a little leniency because when when Rax blasted at the back, it looked like he blew out the back tire. To me, it looked like he blew out that one that like the right back tire or something like that. And that's the only thing that's that's the only way I I basically gave it the leniency that okay, dude, I know snow tires. Stoda tires will stop typically. So, right. I, I didn't notice that. Now I have to go back and look and see if that's true. Because if you know if he's got a blown out tire, that would make sense for him being out of control. Right. But seeing all those spiked tires, I'm like, how was he not able to stop? Um, and it, that one time when Rax uh, was shooting at uh, Night Stalker, and he said he was going to shoot out the radiator from behind. I mean, how do you do that? <laughs> Unless he radiators in front of the car, uh, unless you're a Volkswagen Beetle, <laughs> true, or I, I guess the newer cars with the rear engines, Fieros. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but and then it's just been too long since we had a good mask battle. I agree. We had some use in the second half, but it was all mask. It was we had Ultra Flash once, we had Penetrator once, and we had Backlash twice when the. Uh, he made that road right. backlash in the snow to stop the, the vehicle. That was the first time he used it. So those were some ticks. But I I ended up, I, I just thought the bad overwhelmed the good really? <laughs> in the second half, and I settled on a three uh, for the episode. Well, how about you? Well, I gave it a four. I was a solid four. I, I, I guess the puns didn't get to me like you. I liked the animation throughout I know I'm kind of reaching back, but the throughout, very good, very good detail for everything. Um, like you sa- said, I like the PSA tie-in. That was that was actually good. It's finally they actually it was great that they actually tied it in. I love this triple mask down effect that they do uh, twice. That was actually very good. Uh, the camera shot looking th- from like I guess the back of the fireplace out was good. My biggest hang up really I, I I gave ticks to the that little skiing moment which didn't seem like it had a really good tie in. Uh where where it's Scott and T Bob and T Bob pulls this stunt around the tree. Yeah. Like that didn't need to be there. But when well, they skied when they were skiing and they jumped off the cliff and into the trailer, now that tied in, but that that whole little Probably one only one minute, but that whole one minute of skiing, 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 and then he supposedly has a bad knee, and then he pulls mm-hmm. the stunt off. To me, it just didn't need. It wasn't necessary, but it, it was like a tick, not a big. It was like a point one markdown. <laughs> well, that's what really bugged me at the very end of the episode when you see them all mangled up together for no apparent reason. We don't understand why they're just in a mangle of skis there, and then you see T-Bob, known as Ski-Bob, you know, and pulling off this incredible maneuver on one ski around a tree. 
I mean, I mean, did they run into some snowmen again or something? I Just guess set, so. set, the, set the scene up. I understand what they were trying to do there. Right. With, with uh, Bruce saying there was basically going to be some misfortune ahead of them for for leaving the whole situation when Matt was trying to scold them. And, you know, they could have had him running into two snowmen again or something. I'd been fine with that. It'd have been funny. Right. And it would have kind of tied sense. that more right. together. Right. But seeing them just, the the result of it, uh, I don't know. It just didn't sit well with me. Right. The, um, my biggest mark really was back with Lifter in that lasso trick. Just not using Lifter. And maybe I'm reading too much into it. Uh, it just did. He has the power. Come on, use it. So that's what got me overall, and that's why I gave it a four. Alrighty. Well, uh, let's uh, take a little gander at the poll and see what uh, where we lined up with the voters. We had nine votes this week, and actually, you were in the majority there. We had uh, sixty-seven percent of them voted for. And we had 22% for three, and we had one five, which summed to 11% of the vote. So you were more along the lines of what people were voting this week, and I was just a notch below. Um, but I did have, I guess, somebody else that agreed with me that it was a three. Yeah. <laughs> um, we did have one comment again, of course, Anna. Right. So uh, this, let's, let's hear what she had to say this week. This is an okay episode. It's fun to remember when the different currencies still existed long before the euro came. And I can attest to that, Anna. Uh, I was over in Italy, and I still actually have some lira when I was over there. Not much, but a couple things for... Souvenirs, I guess. Uh, anyway, and of course, it's a long time since I've heard the term West Germany. The storyline itself is just average, and I don't think the animation is very good. But I liked some of the scenes. The scene with Bruce hanging onto Switchblade was good, and also the split screen when the masks come on. It was also a good confrontation with Mayhem, Scott, and Mask at the end. Yes, and like I said, I thought that was the best drama of the whole episode right, right there it was. was which might have not been their original intention to uh to be that much of a dramatic scene there but it actually turned out it wasn't but that's uh that's going to about do it for this week we appreciate Anna's comment and um we hope we'll get some more of uh other listeners comments in the future just by going to our website agentsofmass.com and voting in the poll and just you can leave a comment using uh, the Facebook comments right at the poll, or you can jump over to the blog post that we do with the actual uh, YouTube video of the episode and and leave your review there. But we look forward to some more comments and more votes next time. And I thought we'd, uh, for the next podcast, I thought we'd take a little break from the episode reviews. How about that? Sounds great. I know we um, could use uh, a different perspective or a different uh, uh, podcast, basically. <laughs> well, um, we've gotten Night Stalker, so I thought it would be a good time. Let's go ahead and talk about the Series 2 toy line. Ooh. And there, there was eight vehicles that make up Series 2, which included Night Stalker, which was known as Hurricane when it was released as a toy. We had a Firefly, which is the dune buggy slash jet. We have a Raven, which is the Corvette that turned into a seaplane. We have a Slingshot, which is the white van 
that has the uh, hidden jet inside. And then we have uh, Volcano. These are all on the mask side. Volcano is the like monster truck van mm -hmm. that was actually battery operated. Um, on the Venom side, we had three vehicles in the toy line, which was Outlaw, the big tanker base. And then we had uh, Scorpion, a.k.a. Stinger, which is the uh, orange uh, GTO, which turns into a tank. And then we had uh, the Vampire motorcycle which was also a jet so uh, we will uh, examine each one and uh, give you the essential details and we'll also give you the listeners a chance to vote and tell us uh, about your favorite ones of the toy line and I figured this was good since we're about halfway through season one of the animated series here we are at 32 episodes we've reviewed and we've got 33 to go to finish uh, season one which was 65 episodes um, I thought that would be some fun groundwork to anticipate some new vehicles in the upcoming episodes, and we'll kind of refresh our memories about what their capabilities are and who drives them and, and so forth. So so be on the lookout for the next mass cast assignment where you'll get a chance to vote multiple times for your favorite Series 2 vehicles. And uh, we'll do some homework. I might have to... Uh, break out my boxes of uh, toys and uh, and uh, have them in my hands like I did I think for the series one uh, toy line podcast that we did so I can I don't know I was I'm a hands-on kind of person I like to look at stuff and when I'm talking about it so well I guess my collection is virtual so I'm gonna have to look it up on <laughs> Google or or uh, was it Al Albert Pineo, yes. website uh, I like his old. website he's very detailed when I uh, when I do the blog post, I'm definitely going to put that up there. But uh, there's some between his website and matttracker.com and boulderhill.net, um, we've pretty much got the whole uh, quote unquote spectrum of uh, mask stuff <laughs> available to us. Pun intended. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've got uh, shots of the boxes, the instructions, the vehicles, the accessories, and you know, like I, if you uh, are new to the podcast, I am a collector. I put my uh, my collection up on YouTube, and uh, I can tell you the, the ins and outs of each vehicle and what to look for and what to make sure you're you're buying when you're uh, sometimes on eBay. They don't give you too many details, but I'll try to throw out there some questions you should ask before you're trying to to buy a complete one. So. So that'll be fun, partner. Yeah, it sounds great. Uh, I'm really looking forward to reviewing Season 2 toys. Uh, I still enjoy running down the list of uh, our episodes, the cartoon episodes. It was probably one of the best parts of my childhood, uh, other than ALF. But uh, <laughs> it was a great time. And on behalf of Jason, this is Wyatt. And we'll see you next time on MouseCast. Yeah.